Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, Twitter's going crazy right now because of the Breonna Taylor case, so I thought I should uh, make a new episode to address that. On top of that, I want to address um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death and what that means for the Supreme Court, what that means for this election, and um, you know, just the whole confirmation hearing, my thoughts on that, what's going to happen there. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get right into it, I guess. Um, the first thing I really want to talk about is Breonna Taylor, because um, the grand jury just uh, came back today, and um, they only in, they only charged one officer in in the case. They they charged uh, I I don't recall his name. They charged the officer that shot bullets into the neighboring apartments. Um, they charged him with endangerment because the bullets went into a a room that had a child, a woman, and a man. So they charged him with three counts. Um, the reason w- why he got this charge is because of his shooting through walls. It had nothing to do with the warrant. It had nothing to do with shooting at Breonna Taylor. So so it's not like they just chose to charge one police officer. They, um, they, they're, they're charging a police officer because he was the only one that did this specific thing. Um, and then they decided not to charge any officers with um, manslaughter, murder, um, a homicide of any kind because um, after review, it, 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 it appears that the officers were justified in, in their actions. Um, according to um, several witnesses, according, so the AG, um, AG Cameron said, that the investigation showed that the officers knocked before entering the apartment, identified themselves while in the apartment, and this is corroborated by um, independent witnesses, he said. Um, And then once they entered the apartment, they were fired upon, they were hit, and then they returned fire um, um, to a fatal extent. So here's here's what the um, Kentucky AG had to say about the, uh, the, the charges. It's important to understand that all the charges that have been mentioned have specific meanings and ramifications. Criminal homicide encompasses the taking of a life by another. While there are six possible homicide charges under Kentucky law, these charges are not applicable to the facts before us because our investigation showed and the grand jury agreed that Mattingly and Cosgrove were justified in the return of deadly fire after having been fired upon by Kenneth Walker. Let me state that again. According to Kentucky law, the use of force by Mattingly and Cosgrove was justified to protect themselves. This justification bars us from pursuing criminal charges in Miss Brianna Taylor's death. So, um, looking at that, they can't prosecute because there's no charges that they could bring. Um, so then if we look more further throughout that press conference, uh, Cameron, who's the AG, also said that um, there was a no-knock a no knock warrant that was being served, but the warrant was not served as a no-knock warrant, meaning that um, the... The officers did knock and identify themselves. This is this is this is just true. So the, the this killing is a tragedy. Her being shot is a tragedy. She did not deserve to be shot. She shouldn't have been shot. But the officers didn't respond in a way that makes charging them legal or makes charging them a worthwhile endeavor because it likely 
will not be a successful charge. Um, it, another thing to, to look at in the, in the case is you can say, well, how are they just going to get away with killing someone? They're not. They were acting as agents of the city, and several days ago the story broke. Um, here's I'm going to read from the AP article. Um, months after the police killing of Breonna Taylor, um, the city of Louisville agreed to pl pay um, her family $12 million in um, a settlement of a civil lawsuit against the city and to reform police practices in some form. Um, this is a civil lawsuit that was brought before the city of Louisville and it was settled out of court because the city knew that they would lose this case because she should not have died so there's a wrongful death civil lawsuit that can be brought up but there's no there's no criminal charges because nobody did anything illegal so so that's what the problem is with charging her so naturally again Twitter's exploding everybody's freaking out about it but there's just there's nothing that can be done because she she, she was shot in a justified way um, to quote Cameron again, the decision before my office as a special prosecutor in this case was not to decide if the loss of Miss Taylor's life was a tragedy. The answer to that question is unequivocally yes. There's no doubt that this is a gut-wrenching emotional case, and the pain that many people are feeling is understandable. Um, with that being said, a state of emergency has been put in place in Louisville, and there's a 9 p.m. curfew tonight because, naturally, we are going to have protests because the mob did not get the ruling that they wanted. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if things like this and the f what's coming out with George Floyd probably in a year or so um, will shake up any elections, especially local elections, because guess who runs Louisville? Democrats. So it'll be interesting to see how local elections are shaped by that but um it'll also be interesting to see if this um, does anything in terms of the national presidential election coming up here in a couple months the other important thing that we got to cover is um the death of ruth bader ginsburg a longtime justice on the supreme court by all accounts a good person even though i think she has some moral shortcomings especially in her stance on abortion but by all accounts, she was a very good person. She was friends with conservative justices. She was obviously very popular in the Democrat circles, especially because she was trying to hold out through cancer um, to avoid Trump being able to fill her seats. Um, unfortunately, she died. She passed away um, due to, I believe it was complications to, um, from her pancreatic cancer and its treatments. Um, but she, yeah, she passed away. So now we have a vacancy on the Supreme Court. So you might be wondering, how does this work? How does the Supreme Court rule on anything with eight justices? And the way that that works is they do it like normal, but they can have split decisions, in which case no decision will be made by the Supreme Court. Um, it's likely with the current makeup of the Supreme Court, there'll be a lot of 5-3 decisions anyway, so it probably won't be a huge issue, especially because this seat's going to be filled very quickly. Um, Donald Trump said that night that he was going to he was going to nominate a, a justice to be put forth um, on the Supreme Court and naturally people said that is horrible that's terrible how can we let this happen that's just that breaks the entire institution of our country and that's just not true 
29 times, this is, this is according to a Fox News article, but this is Ted Cruz, this is a quote here. If you look at history, if you actually look at what the, pres- the precedent is, this is what happened 29 times. 29 times there has been a vacancy in a presidential election year, and 29 times the president has nominated a candidate to fill that position. There's no precedent for a president not nominating a justice. Whether or not he gets a vote, he or she gets a vote in the Senate is a different story. Generally speaking, if the party in the Senate is the party of the president, they will get a vote. If not, they will not get a vote. That's that's basically how that works. Um, with that being said, 47 senators from the GOP at the time of the recording of this podcast have said that they will vote to confirm anybody that or a, a justice that Donald Trump um, nominates, and the, the four that have not decided are are publicly decided are likely going to vote to confirm. So the votes are there. This justice will be confirmed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Democrats are able to run on this, because um, Joe Biden's already he's already come out and said that it would be hypocritical. It would be bad for our institutions if. Donald Trump were to nominate a justice and that justice were to be confirmed before the election. Um, And in a way, he has a point with this. Because in 2016, obviously, Justice um, Scalia died while serving as well. And Barack Obama nominated um, a justice to fill his position. Um, This was Merrick Garland, if you remember um, this at all. And the Republicans at the time held a majority in the Senate, which is the body that votes on confirming justices, and they did not hold a vote on Garland and let the vacancy stay open for most of 2015 or 2016 and didn't fill it until Donald Trump was elected and then he nominated a justice to replace to replace um Justice Scalia. Um so that would be a a good thing for the Democrats to campaign on look for that. Um however, I think it's still important to look at long precedent in that if the party that controls the presidency controls the Senate, a justice is confirmed. That's how our presidential body, or that's how our, sorry, governmental body is set up. That's how we are supposed to operate as a country. So with that being said, I think that a justice is going to be confirmed. The Democrats have also come out and said, many people on the Democratic side have come out and said, well, Let's pack the courts. Packing the courts would be um, increasing the amount of justices on the Supreme Court. Um, In when FDR was president back in the Great Depression, he had a lot of policies. Obviously, you've learned about the the um, New Deal, all that sort of stuff. He had a lot of things in the New Deal that were blocked by the um, Supreme Court, and he didn't like that. So. He tried and wanted to pack the court. What that means is adding justices to the Supreme Court. And if the president who is currently in office gets to add four new justices like he wanted to do, he wanted to make the court have 13 justices, all four of those would, in theory, vote in a way that the president likes. Now, the, way that, the reason why you can do this is because the Constitution of the United States does not set a specific number of justices that need to be on the Supreme Court or a specific number of seats that the Supreme Court has. So if you look back before the, 20, for the 20th and 21st century, there would sometimes be eight or seven justices on the Supreme Court because there just wasn't 
there wasn't precedent for them, or there wasn't a set number that had to exist. So it would be constitutional, yes, but would it go against every institutional norm that we ever have had? Absolutely. Would it be completely and incredibly divisive as a country? Absolutely. Would it be detrimental to justice in the country? Absolutely. Um, so the, the Republicans are going to run on that threat, although Joe Biden's already tried to walk that back a little bit because he, he has not said that, but he knows that he is he's running a campaign of a return to normalcy. These last oh, five years or so have been kind of nuts. So he's running on a campaign of, oh, old Joe will come back and we'll be back to smooth sailing. Um, nothing will really happen, but we'll just kind of we'll have a, a few years to chill out. So radical change like packing the courts, which was tried by FDR and he failed and likely won't happen, is just not something that I think it would be smart for him to campaign on, and I think Joe Biden knows that too. So that's about all I have for you guys today. Um, I just really wanted to get this out because those are a couple really, really important things that I really wanted to cover for you guys. Uh, thank you very much, and I hope you all have a good rest of the week. God bless.